And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We were up. We were up. We had a tremendous lead. We had a lot of points, and they were catching up, and they were, quite frankly, they were losing. They were always going to lose, and they were coming up. And right before the half, they decided to score a couple of points, and they were trying to close the gap, and I said, stop. I said, stop the game. What do you mean, stop the game? There's a second half of the game. It doesn't matter. We're up. Well, the game isn't over until all four quarters are played and the score is tallied. I mean, what if you were losing? Well, then the game would continue. Good morning, Sweet World! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, November 6th, 2020. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey hey We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. How's everybody feeling this morning? <laughs> Woj, hasn't, Woj hasn't announced anything yet, so it's not over. <laughs> Shams okay. or Woj hasn't tweeted yeah, anything yet, so yeah. nothing is official official. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right here in our own backyard, Georgia, waking up this morning to Georgia going blue, Tass. The comeback was on last couple days with the uh, with the ballots as they tabulated them, and then right now, as of now, here Friday morning, uh, Joe Biden does have Georgia and Pennsylvania, I guess. Double whammy, double whammy, two big dumps on one day. Uh, I just <laughs> want to mention that uh, everybody, you know, excited today, but I think you just have to remember that all the work being put into this, if you want to get people to vote, if you yourself want to have conversations with people. If you want to expand the electorate, as they say, the work comes in the months and the years beforehand. If you want to be involved in this country, which we all should. Uh, and I think uh, the last four years have all have made a lot of people excited and people excited today. But the the work starts in the months and years beforehand. So hopefully that uh, rolls into January, potentially for uh, for Georgians as well, as there mm-hmm. could be a couple Senate races here. It sure feels like. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so far from over. You're absolutely right. Um, I saw a tweet from Lelia this morning giving some flowers to Stacey Abrams for sure, like you're talking about, Tass. I mean, she worked relentlessly here in Georgia to register new voters. I think they're saying something like 800,000 new voters across Georgia, um, you know, who are affected by voter suppression here. And they got she got a big part of uh, helping get people to vote for the first time in these U.S. elections. Shout out to Killer Mike as well. I think mm-hmm. the work he does down here, of course, helping move the electoral needle, give it back to his community. The Hawks, I mean, the NBA, honestly, a lot of these uh, players who were able to get commitments from league owners to use a lot of these arenas to make them available, make better polling places. Tass, you went down to State Farm. You said it was better. You saw it with your own eyes. You didn't vote because uh, you can't, and I can't, mm-hmm. Lee can't, Trey can. 
I was the most can. powerful man in the <laughs> yeah. NBA podcast sphere last night. I never thought that mail-in voting in Fulton County would make me feel literally like the president, but I'm getting texts from all my friends back home. Hey, man, what county do you live in down there in Georgia? It's Fulton, baby! Yeah, baby. And we're going yeah. blue, but like Tass said, the work doesn't stop. We got two Senate races coming up in January. We got to win those two Senate seats to get that 50-50 split with the tiebreaker. Uh, from the vice president, right. there is a lot of work to be done, but um, there were tears of joy flowing in the Kirby household this morning. That's awesome. And I wanted to say, I mean, I'm giving love to Abrams and Killer Mike and, and the Hawks and the NBA community for, for, again, helping people vote, making it easier. That should be a thing here in democracy. Um, shout out to Tass Mellis, too, in all honesty. Tass, you inspired me last couple months, man. You're putting in your own work. You know, you're not talking the talk. You're actually walking the walk here, helping people. I saw you tweeting with people. Hey, I don't know. I don't know how to vote. What do I do? And you steering them in the right direction, man. So it's pretty damn inspiring, honestly. So kudos to you as well. Well, yeah. Th- thanks, but I mean, it's really uh, Stacey Abrams. Yeah, she got eight hundred thousand people to vote in this last election cycle. She's been doing it way prior to even For her sure. gubernatorial election in 2018, where she was fighting against uh, not only the referee uh, being the one that she was going up against, but he was also the scorekeeper. Uh, he was also the entire uh, the entire voting process. So she fought, she fought, she fought, and it, she could have easily, you know, dwindled away. But I mean, she's been the one that I followed, uh, and and several several hundred thousand and million of people have followed. And it's crazy, it's bonkers that it comes down to, you know, as Trey was saying, a vote in Fulton County as the country is looking at Fulton County. And one stinking little county and one stinking little state uh, that would flip the presidency when one guy has five million more votes than the other guy. Uh, It it really (laughs) is bonkers when you think about it like that. Uh, But uh, yeah, the NBA has, uh, when you look at the sheer numbers, uh, 40,000 people voted at the Atlanta Hawks Arena at State Farm Arena. And uh, here we are in, in Georgia where the difference is... What, what is it, 1,000 now? I don't know, is it 2,000 now? Is it, it's, it's obviously going to go up, um, but that played a monstrous role. How everybody got together, they stopped playing in the NBA, the Bucks did, and, and they made that agreement that, hey, all 29 of our arenas have to get involved some way, shape, or form, and it's become a thing that people get involved, and that's that's the most important part here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we got lots to talk about here today. Everybody's obviously feeling pretty good. Um, we're going to get to a bunch of trade rumors. That was going to be just the initial plan for this podcast. But great timing. The National Basketball Players Association, they announced last night, Thursday night, that they've tentatively approved the NBA's proposal to start the 2020-21 season trade. Yes, it will be officially 2020 and 21 uh, on December 22nd uh, of this year, of course, 2020. Quick turnaround means we're going to play a shortened 72-game season. It sounds like they've attentively agreed to that as well. The NBA and the NBA Player Association will now work to finalize health and safety protocols. That was something I was getting worked up about last time we were talking about this. So good to see that that's at the forefront and they'll get that hammered out. So what does this mean here? Um, Well, one, I guess we've got a live stream uh, on Christmas Day together. Let's get together at 5 a.m., open all our gifts together, Trey, okay? Uh, you know, we'll oh, buy man. each other things and then we'll just watch all the games all day long, just live stream all day with no dunks. I think that's a great idea. I mean, you'll definitely get to see some of our various napping styles. You know, if we're doing a 24 hour <laughs> live stream starting at 5 a.m., these games go until what? Midnight, 1 a.m. on yeah. the East Coast. So, yeah, we're going to get a little sleep in there. So, 
Yeah, you'll see what Lee looks like curled up on the couch. You'll see what Tass looks like when he slips his feet into some cozy slippers to to settle down with the family. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just having a great day today. It's going to yeah. be a fun day, you know? So for the players, I mean, we, we thought this was going to happen because when we saw the reports that, hey, if you guys don't start pre-Christmas, um, there's going to be $500 million plus off the table for everybody to split there in revenue. So, you know, you're talking dollars there. It made a little bit more sense that this would get finalized and everyone would come to this agreement. So a December start means that you're going to be able to get closer, I guess, to a normal schedule. We discussed this as well. So you can finish before the potential 2021 Summer Olympics, which A, allows for a window, I guess, for players to play in it if they want to, if they want to go to Tokyo, if that even happens. But more importantly, it allows the league to not get buried ratings-wise. Some are already not great as you get into the late summer for uh, sports ratings, it appears at least. So you don't want to be going up against football, as we've seen, probably not the Summer Olympics as well. So their idea is just to get back to normal as quickly as possible here for then the next season to then maybe tip off in a normal October. But we also know that the sides are discussing a 17 to 18% escrow of player salaries over the next two years with the hope that, uh, you know, the withholding amount is down back to a normal 10% in a couple of years from now, 22, 23. And salary cap, 109 million. That will eventually go up a minimum, I believe, of 2 million over the next couple of years. And that's what we know. So Tass, anything to add to this? We're going to get pre-Christmas basketball. This is very, very likely happening. Yeah, what I find unique and amazing is that they haven't worked out the details but they've tentatively set a date and they said we're going to get started on this day but our relationship is strong enough on both sides the player association and the nba to say to each other we'll figure it all out but let's just come to the agreement now and they know that they'll work out all those things that need to be worked out from Uh, The health side, all those details have not been worked out. From the money side, all those details have not been worked out. It's just an example that should be set and should be followed for all people, including all those politicians that we talked about, that the leaders are able to come to an agreement. They can talk to the other person on the other side of the aisle and say, listen, we know what's best for this game and we'll figure out all those details later. And, And I just find it impressive that they can virtually shake hands at this point and say, We'll, we'll figure out all the all the crossing of the T's and dotting of the I's later on. But they're cool with it. I, I find that the most impressive thing, that they've been able to stay cordial through this friggin' bonkers year when we're all going a little bit crazy. Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts are still able to keep their head straight and uh, figure this thing out. Yeah, Lili, what do you think, man? Well, the one concern is, though, that there was 114,000 positive tests for coronavirus yesterday. This thing is not going away. It's getting worse and worse. It's getting out of control. Uh, We've seen, of course, in the NFL and in college football as well, where a lot of teams have been affected by it. So that is going to be something that uh, I'm very interested to see how the NBA and the Players Association find an agreement on how to uh, deal with that and how to approach that, because I think it's a a near certainty that some team is going to get infected at some point uh, because they're not obviously going to the bubble in Orlando, which was incredibly successful. Now you've got teams and players flying all over the country and starting in December is almost the middle of winter. And from what we've seen from other uh, countries have have had this problem in winter, it's gotten worse. So, Mm Uh, that's that's the big concern. That's the big concern, and especially again considering the the election right now in the USA, seeing how the uh, the Trump administration has approached the coronavirus, and if he was to lose this election, which it looks like he will, you don't think they're going to take any stronger approach to it um, in their final couple of months. So, you know, I mean, the way it's trending, 
you know, we could be seeing 200,000 cases, new new cases a day by the time Christmas starts, which will just be a disaster. Now, um, that so that's something that is, is going to be very, very uh, difficult to handle, I think, and to approach. Um, but you you expect that these two, you know, the, the Players Association and the league will try to find the safest way possible of, of making sure everyone is taken care of because um, it's not going away. The virus is certainly not going to go away. It's certainly not going to go away before December 22nd anyway. So... Uh, that's what I'm looking at, and, and I just want to sort of see how how things happen, how things unfi- uh, unroll from there. Totally fair, Trey. Anything to add? Well, I think Lee, you nailed it. There is, it's going to be like the NFL and college football. We should expect infections among the NBA already, because, like you're saying, the virus is not going away in a month, and people are going to be flying all around the country playing games. Surely there will be uh, safety protocols uh, in place, health protocols in place. I know that some of the players have said. We got to at least get a look at those to yeah. see what we're going to be doing before committing fully to the season. But there's no doubt that there will be infections in the NBA. Uh, so what is the league going to do to combat that from a competitive standpoint? There's got to be maybe bigger rosters, taxi squads, things like that, you know, because in football, if you lose one guy, you've got 52 others to put in. In basketball, if you lose one guy, he's more important to your team. And there's only 14 others to put in. And some of the guys at the end of the bench are making $150,000 and have played seven minutes in the NBA. So there's going to have to be uh, some sort of COVID personnel protocols, as well as just the health and safety protocols, hoping to keep everybody safe. But it's not going to be like the bubble where we have zero positive cases over a four-month span. There are going to be NBA cases, and it's going to be interesting to see how they approach that from a schedule standpoint. Um, if uh, if a whole, if six guys are out for a team, is their game postponed? That's probably another reason they want to start a little bit earlier so that they can have some flexibility for scheduling on the back end. Things are going to be different for the 2021 season as well, but I do think the NBA has earned the benefit of the doubt with the way things went down in Orlando. It's not going to be the same as it was down there, but surely they will have some sort of plans because it seems like they will be talking to the best scientists and figuring out the safest uh, protocols for everybody. Yeah. Uh, this starts also very, very soon. This is like, what are we looking yeah. at? Like 45 days, 46 days. Um, you know, the draft schedule is still for November 18th. That's probably locked in. I, I can't imagine that's changing. We've got free agency. And then training camp is December 1st. So obviously less than a month. I don't think there's going to be a ton of preseason games. Also, Trey, you said it. I think there are rumors that they may not even give us the full 72-game schedule, right? They might break it up. And, like, here's the first half with this idea of, like, we may have to do a lot of making up of games uh, because of what happens with uh, COVID-19 and taking out games and players and stuff like that. It's like, that's probably a smart way to go about it. Um, but, yeah, it's I'm with Task 2, though. It is pretty at least impressive because this could have gone bad very quickly. I guess it still could, but it doesn't appear to be. That you just, the leadership in place, the trust they have with each other and moving forward for the good of everybody, uh, both the players and, and the owners, the board of governors, um, to, to try and make money to make their living here, uh, at least the players. That's great. I mean, that is, that is pretty impressive that they just have this relationship. Because if this was a rocky relationship heading into this, well, then I would bet there'd be, that, that CBA would be ripped up. And uh, I don't think we'd have any basketball or even attempting to have it. So uh, we will see. Pre-Christmas. Yeah. I don't even, why do we need preseason games? Uh, no, are, I don't think don't. They, they... We probably don't. And scrimmages. Don't yeah. yeah, scrimmages within your team, but there are some planned. I mean, it is... What is it? Three or four in Shams' report that there will yeah. there will be three or four per team. I don't know why we even have that, but uh, for, for sure, they are reducing travel on the front end of the schedule just so you're in less places as mm-hmm. they try and figure things out as they, as they go on the fly and they try and mimic the NFL without 
um, you know, trying to, without mimicking the case amount that they've had there, hopefully uh, padding in some extra time here. It looks like, you know, the finals will be played until late July instead of late June, just mm-hmm. in case, having some time off. Uh, they're still calling for an all-star break, even though I highly doubt there'll be an all-star game. There'll just be a break just to, to figure things out. So there's lots of padding in there to, uh, to, uh, to unfortunately, uh, accommodate for cases <laughs> and just in case and, and and most likely those 72 games will be played against your own conference uh, so there is less travel as well and less uh, or more of an ability to just sneak in a, a game here or two uh, after games have been canceled like it's bound to happen it's so weird to think that we could start doing team previews in like five weeks <laughs> six weeks like something like that Oh, Lee, not happy. It was a big round. Uh, just, I don't know. It just feels weird. Everything feels so weird. Didn't we do a Cavs preview the other day? Didn't we? When we were talking well, about yeah, the mail, we, you know. Yeah, because that, that's the funny thing. Some of those teams, like the Cavs and, and even the Knicks, you know, we haven't even, like the Warriors, we haven't f- talked about them for nearly a year, you yeah. know. It, it just feels weird. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Do you yes. want to have a podcast, Lee, where we just go over all 30 teams in the NBA just to remember them all? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, have a quiz, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, like, remember all 30 squads that we have. All right. Where so, they yes. play at. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting because there's already some reports that uh, some uh, general managers would like to move free agency to before the draft. Yeah. And the draft is pretty soon, man. Like, we're going to be talking free agency already. And teams have to do a little planning. They got to figure out what their squads are going to look like. But it feels like we're already back in the mix. I, for one, am thrilled. What else am I going to be doing? It's either yeah. turning on Ted Lasso or turning on the NBA. <laughs> I already finished Ted Lasso. Give me that oh. basketball. Oh, really? Is it, is it good? Uh, like, it's uh, awesome. It's really? awesome. Really? Yeah, it's great. Literally okay. great. I, that's, I would uh, recommend that's it to anyone. Jason Sudeikis, am I right? Sudeikis, yeah, okay, exactly. Okay, okay, right. yeah, yeah. And he's a soccer coach or something? Uh, football skates. Oh, football. Oh, hey, right. Well, an American football yes. coach who goes and coaches. Uh, football, you know, right. soccer football. <laughs> soccer football, yes. Okay, oh, all right, I'll give it a go. I'm excited. Is it on HBO? Is that what you said? Apple. It's on Apple. The first Apple, uh, yeah, Apple Plus uh, on your on your uh, whatever box you're using. First uh, content I've watched besides oh. Here We Are, a great children's program. Oh. Also recommended. All right. So you when you said da- soccer, you said soccer football. I, I immediately thought soccer baseball, like a, a, <laughs> a game within a, like actual, an actual game. Maybe that's an idea. Maybe we can make soccer more popular in the U.S. if we call it soccer football and just, I don't know, change it into another sport or something. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, soccer yeah. baseball, I would call that kickball. Well, that's a good point. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd call it football. Whoa. <laughs> you would call that football. That's, that's, that's real football. Lee, what do you call it when I roll a big red ball yeah. at you from the pitcher's mound and you kick it with your foot? What do you call it? Uh, yeah. Well, cricket if it's red, if it's a red ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll stop there. Uh, we'll be talking about the upcoming season, uh, season soon enough here. Oh, Susan get... season is back? Oh, you get your lazy season. Susan, man? Oh man, no, the lazy Susan hasn't arrived yet. Oh, I'll take a photo bad, when it does. Bad. This this double one that's coming. Okay, the whole point of this podcast was going to be some NBA rumors. Let's do it, JD. NBA rumors already. It's NBA rumors season here. November 6th. I can't believe it. All right. First one, the Athletics. Shams Charania reported Wednesday that the Pelicans are openly discussing the possibility of trading Drew Holiday and that several contending teams are interested. Now the Nets and the Bucks and the Nuggets and the Heat. 
among other teams, have been previously linked to Holiday. He's a hot name, Tass. So I want you to piss off Lee Ellis, fire up the trade machine, and hit me with your favorite Drew <laughs> Holiday deal, or at least discuss this. What do you, what do you got, man? Drew Holiday. Been talking about him for years, it feels like, almost to the point where... Uh, he, he, he hasn't been a household name, but now uh, he is definitely in the minds of everybody as a guy who could be dealt. And David Griffin actually talked about it uh, with, uh, I don't know who he talked about it with, but he talked about it uh, yesterday and NBC Sports' Kurt Helen reported that he didn't shoot it down. Mm. He also didn't play it up. So it sure feels like this is the time when Drew Holiday could be dealt, especially when their new coach, Stan Van Gundy, is busy getting people elected so maybe he won't notice that Drew Holiday gets dealt uh, from his team. He's losing his best defender on his squad. It sure feels like that. It's actually going to happen. You mentioned all those teams. We've been talking about Denver as a destination for him for a long time, and I think that's the best fit, especially because you mentioned the word sexy. Let's get a sexy trade here uh, on both sides. Drew Holiday to the Nuggets to pair alongside Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic for Michael Porter, and Gary Harris. Oh my now, God, Pelicans! I think do that instantaneously <laughs> if that's the yeah, offer. That's yeah. a juicy offer because the Michael Porter Jr. Whether or not he's in a Nuggets trade for Drew Holiday is the real question, right? Yeah, I think I think now we're talking about Drew Holiday as, as a guy who uh, he's been underrated for a long time. It almost feels like he's a touch overrated at, at this totally. at this moment. Totally. Um, yeah. But uh, also, Michael Porter is overrated as well. I think uh, MPJ at this point. I mean, he's young. He's, he's super, super, super young. But you look at their team. If they're actually going to go for it, are you going to be able to play him on the defensive end with Nikola Jokic? Uh, are you going to be able to play him in fourth quarters? He hasn't shown that at, at this point. He can stay on the floor defensively. You just pick at him. You just pick on him and just go at him. Uh, but I, you know, I, I hope Michael Porter Jr. can grow. Uh, if, I think this is, like you said, uh, Skeetsa, I, I do think the Pelicans would make that move. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the roster and, I don't know, if is Michael Porter Jr. a lock to be a great player? He's a lock to score 20 a night for a long time in this league. But if he can't stay on the floor in fourth quarters, I, I just wonder if you're playing with Nikola Jokic in the front court, are they going to be slow enough and then or fast enough, I, I should say. And then they're trying to win a championship. You know, who's guarding Anthony Davis and LeBron James on that team if they're playing the 4-5? Uh, I, I think I think it sort of all makes sense. Drew Holiday finally being pegged as an, the right spot for him as a number three guy offensively, but still, you know, probably their best one-on-one defender. And on the other side, you get a Gary Harris light uh, coming back to New Orleans with uh, Michael Porter Jr. So I think it's fair, and, and I'm still, I'm you know, uh, raising the value of the package going back. I'm not just throwing out, you know, dumb names like a, a trade machine operator usually does. Oh, let's just throw some guys in here and, and get true holidays. He's an, a former all-star. He's a very good player. You're going to have to give up something to get him. And Michael Porter Jr. may not work in Denver if they're going for it for a long time. And, and also, yeah, Brooklyn, I think they could fend for themselves uh, and, and, and other squads out there. Denver, I feel uh, slightly bad for because the Clippers are going to get better after a year of being together. The Lakers are still going to be there. The Warriors are obviously going to be a lot better. And Denver, a conference finalist, uh, needs a little bit of a boost. And this would be that for them. What would the Pelicans say if the Nuggets started with this, though, Tass? Instead of Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Will Barton, Bull Bull, and then future first-round picks. Is that not enough? You're, you're, yeah. You, you, you sounds like if you're Griffin, you're like, no, we're we're starting with Michael Porter Jr. as a possibility, and then we'll talk. 
Yeah, all, all those guys are they guaranteed to be? Is there is there a their star potential? Um, but yeah, I I don't even know if you're guaranteed a star in Michael Porter Jr. Even though I love him, I mm. love him. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I think I, I think the Pelicans don't want to just add a number of guys. They want to add a, a capable, noteworthy guy. They want a a top biller. Uh, they don't want to just fill out their roster. They don't want a taxi squad. Not to you know throw that label on those Nuggets guys, but you know that's it's potential in Bull Bull. Um, Will Barton, who you know is a solid guy off the bench, very solid guy off the bench, was probably the Nuggets' best player for a while. Yeah, I, I would try and try and reach higher now that they're finally dealing. Uh, sure, feels like Drew Holiday. It, it's funny with Drew Holiday. I think Anthony Slater wrote this for the Athletic. It, you can almost plug him in anywhere, right? Like it, he makes sense on so many teams because there's little drawback with him. You're right. We could argue: is he underrated? Is he now actually overrated? But he's, you know, he can shoot the ball. He can, he's a combo guard. He obviously plays great defense. He's just a really good complementary, like really third best player, I think, on your team. You're happy if he sort of slots in there. So that's why you can sort of, you can look at, and even his contract, it's not insane. You can make a lot of deals with a lot of teams because it's, we're not talking, you know, 30 million plus here. Now, he's 30, Lee. He's an unrestricted free agent next offseason if he decides to opt out of the final year of his contract. And at first glance, a point guard, a guard, over 30, I think you're like, oh, I don't know. It's like with remaining money, you're maybe a little worried. But then I go, like, look what Chris Paul has done. Look what Kyle Lowry has done. Look what Gordon Dragic has even done here lately. I don't think Drew Holly's going to fall off the face of the earth here uh, basketball-wise. He's, we know he's like a locker room sort of dude. Everybody loves him too. Um, so I'm not that worried, I guess, if I'm, if I'm making a move, like if I'm the Nuggets or maybe the Nets or something like that. So what do you think? Do you have a – or you want to address what Tassa with the Nuggets or do you have another team that you could see Drew Holiday slipping in there? Well, I'll talk about the Nuggets one because I think in theory he's a good fit. Um, but does he take them over the edge to, to get them closer to a championship, especially if you sort of mortgage a future and give up some of those younger players – who have got a lot of talent. And I think if Porter Jr. and if Bol Bol and, and, and Gary Harris, they all sort of come together at the same time, I think in three or four years, that Nuggets team could be, uh, you know, really, really one of the strongest teams. So do you want to give up on that now to go for Drew Holiday, who's a good player, but I'm not sure if he's the one, he's that missing piece. And I think mm-hmm. with his contract as well, I think you have to assume because it's a player option, he's going to opt in. So it's like 52, 53 million, somewhere around that. Which you're taking on, and and, and again for no, two years though. I mean, yeah, no, no, and and, and again in, in today's climate, that's not untradeable. Not he's still young yeah. enough. He's still a good player. But I, I just think you have to sort of assume that's what you you are taking on in 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 exchange for those guys. So I, I do like. I mean, uh, you don't want to take the ball out of Jamal Murray's hand. So I think Drew's then going to be playing more a shooting guard role, which is fine. He can do that, and he can you know take over when Jamal Murray's on the bench. But Jamal Murray showed us in the bubble there. He and Jokic, is, uh, you know, that's their team, that combo, that one-two mm-hmm. combo. And uh, you don't want the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands when he's on the court. He can play that that sort of shooting guard role as well. But I think he showed that he's uh, absolutely the guy who you want on the, uh, running the offense on that team. So if Drew's happy in that role, and I think he probably, I think he would accept it and adopt it, um, you know, go for it for the Nuggets. I just would be careful to give up too many of those young assets. I think Michael Porter Jr. has shown that his defense is awful, no doubt about it, but his offense is so good, and the, the ceiling there for his offense, I think, is, is, is really, really high. I wouldn't want to give up on him right now. Maybe you know, maybe some of those other ones and a few yeah. other periphery picks, but um, I, Michael Porter Jr., I, I, think, I think he's young enough that you're like, you've seen enough offensively that's like if you've, got, you've got to work on that defense, but if that improves, 
he's a star. He he's potentially a very 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 good player on that team because six ten. He can jump. You could see how hard it was to block his shots. He's confident in himself. He's a kid, so he needs to mature and grow. But uh, I, I wouldn't give up on him yet for Drew Holiday. Basically, yeah, totally that's agree. what the deal is. I, that's yeah. exactly where I am, too. All these others, like what I said, like a Harris and Barton and Picks and a Bull Bull. Yeah, I'm interested, but I'm not putting Michael Porter Jr. in the mix. Trey, you agree? Yeah, he's played 900 minutes, and he's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. You imagine his defense will at least get to the point where he's passable. I don't. I, we've talked about him for the entirety of last season as a guy who can raise the ceiling for the Nuggets as uh, basically a gift that they found because he had injury concerns uh, coming out of college, so he slipped in the draft to them. They were able to pick up a guy who was at the top of his class amongst recruits. You know, he won a title with Brandon Roy, an injury guy of his own back in high school, and he see, has had the look of an NBA star for, you know, a couple of seasons before he even made it to the NBA. So I don't think trading him for an older guy in Drew Holiday. I mean, he's not old, like you're saying. He's still going to be playing for probably another six or seven years in the NBA. He would certainly help the Nuggets. He would improve them in the short term over Michael Porter Jr. But uh, I don't think you trade... I don't think you give up uh, the possibility of having another all-star on your team for Drew Holiday at this point. Like Tass is saying, he's become a little bit overrated as a number one or a number two guy. But if you're dealing for a number three guy, that's where you're talking about one of these picks that uh, the Nuggets have sitting around. Or Gary Harris, who has been good in the NBA, but hasn't really taken that step Mm -hmm. to be great in the NBA. Same with Will Barton. Like, he's a solid guy. He's a solid six man, maybe a starter. But if you're more confident in Michael Porter Jr., both of those guys are probably expendable depending on what the Pelicans would want in return. I'd be fine with giving up Harris or Barton, uh, but not Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Do you have any other potential, you know, trade destinations that you'd like to see? You got a package to put together for Drew Holiday. You're calling up David Griffin. You know, hey, Griffin, we work together at NBA TV. How's it going, man? Catching up, you know? Oh, yeah, we had you on the show. You were great. We took a photo in the corner. It was awesome, man. Anyway, anyway, I got a package I want to throw at you. What do you got? Hey, I got a package, bud. I'll send him a text message. Hey, I'll throw in a Justin Timberlake song. I know you love that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I listened to this podcast with Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks, and they're going through all these trade packages, obviously. And they Zach says the best real world player it feels like the Pelicans could get is Karis Levert. And I'm yeah. like, Karis Levert, I'm a fan of Karis Levert, but that's not a great return for Drew Holiday, I don't think. And I don't necessarily oh, wow. know. Well, I mean, Drew Holiday is an all-star, is a guy who has performed in the playoffs and is recognized as one of the better two-way players in the NBA. Karis Levert has had some really fun games, has had some really great months in the NBA, but hasn't necessarily been able to stay on the court all the time. That's why the only other thing that I'm even interested in a little bit is trading Drew Holiday to the Pacers straight up for Victor Oladipo so you can have all three Holiday brothers on the Pacers. Drew, Aaron, Justin. We've seen when you combine brothers, you get a brother multiplier. We've only ever seen it with two guys, Brooke and Robin Lopez, Markeith and Marcus Morris, uh, um, Thanasi and Giannis, you know, all of these brothers have united and they get better. Just having that family around three brothers on the same team. Mm. Are you kidding me? Unheard of, unprecedented stuff. Pacers might win the title if they pull off a move to get Drew Holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're sort of joking. There could be something there with the Pacers. Even Miles Turner, I think the Pelicans would be, I would think, a little intrigued by that. I like the idea of uh, Miles Turner pairing with... Zion Williamson, sort of a four or five there. I think there's something there um, if they were moving off of him. Yeah, the Nets one, back to them for a second. It's Karis LeVert, that's, that's fascinating. Like, you sort of think maybe, eh, you're not as high on him. 
If it was a Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, then I'm really, really interested, I think, if on the Pelicans. But if it's either a Karis LeVert or a Spencer Dinwiddie with a Torian Prince and then let's say like the number 19 pick in this draft uh, or something future, yeah, I'm less like, ugh. But I, I mean, I'm a big Jared Allen fan. Now, I know you got Jackson Hayes and you're like, isn't he supposed to be eventually him? Maybe they're that. And I don't even think the Nets would want to move on from Jared Allen. Um, you know, with their star players, you need a guy like him. You'd want a guy like him in the middle to try and shore up your defense. But I don't know. That to me, if I'm the Pelicans, I go, whoa, Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. Okay. I, I'm I'm contemplating that. Maybe you then throw in some Timberlake tickets at uh, the Barclays Center. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, then maybe you have my interest if I'm David Griffin. The only other ones, you know, the Sixers, I think I heard it was probably Ben Golliver and Michael Pina talking about a straight up, like, Tobias Harris for Drew Holiday type of thing. You know, you can see Sixers why the Sixers want to do that. Yeah, I don't know why the Pelicans would really... Too bad David Griffin is smart. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think they'd be into it. But could the Sixers offer... Something like Al Horford, Josh Richardson, maybe a young guy like Isaiah Smith or something like that for a Drew and a JJ. I mean, then Stan Van's losing his boy there, JJ, and losing all his vets. But, um, you know, you're bringing in, I guess, another vet. It's a weird one. Uh, I don't love it. And then Zach Lowe's talked about the Hawks, too, trying to get Holiday with, like, the number six pick as, like, the key carrot there uh, to bring in some veteran help. Sounds like maybe Hawks ownership is like, hey, we got to start winning here to yeah. make Trey Young happy, and he you could see him pairing beside him. I think that makes sense, but what young wing do the Hawks have to attach to that number six pick to get to entice the Pelicans? So there's a lot to play with here. The Mavericks are another one. I just, like, I keep looking at the Mavericks roster and going, like, what would the Pelicans want? Like, Tim Hardaway, if he opted into his player option, and then then what? Justin Jackson and a pick? Like it's not enough. Like nope. these other things we're throwing out there, I think are are juicier if you're the Pelicans. But yeah, it's a. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm starting to think he will be moved. Like they, like if I guess Holiday himself has not come out and said, "Move me." I, I, he just doesn't seem like that type of guy. We've talked about mm. that before, but. There's so many spots you can go, and that's a good thing for a smart GM like David Griffin, I do believe. Um, If they want to move on from him to either get more, you know, picks. The Warriors pick. Talk about the Warriors. Lee, do you think putting him on a Curry, Clay, Draymond for a number two pick, possibly that next pick, the protected, uh, lightly protected pick from the Wolves, get something done there? Would you want to do that if you're the Warriors? Bring in Drew Holiday? Well, he'd come off the bench then. Wouldn't he? I mean, he's not going to take Steph's place. He's not going to take Clay's place in the backcourt. Then he's going to. I mean, he's fine if he's able to do that. He's a very good, solid veteran to have coming off the it's bench. Twenty twenty. Clay yeah. Thompson's like six eight. Play they can play three. all three together. Come yeah, on. Uh, yeah. I, I just sort of, I sort of think of that backcourt though, and I just think you're not going to mess with that. I mean, you you could, but then who else would they have? Draymond at the four, and then Looney uh, at the five. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Um, Don't forget the wig at the four. Who? Oh, Wiggy, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have to go you to NBA.com soon. Oh, I don't, yeah. man. I don't. So much is going on right now. Like, it's just a mess. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think they would like a, a veteran like him on the team. He's there in win-now mode, you know. Um, so, yeah, they would take him if they could find out the right, get the right deal for him. I mean, they wouldn't give up the number two pick for him, I wouldn't think. Um so you know, if you could, if you could sort of figure out a way to work him there without, you don't think of, the Warriors would give up the number two pick? They would Holiday. give up. They'd give up the two pick. Yeah, they're, they're a team that we're talking about going for. You talked about the Nuggets, maybe maybe being cautious about growing their youth while the Warriors are old. 
they're ready to go for it right now. I think they'd they'd want to. But would they even be it. able to make? I mean, they've got Steph on huge money, Clay's yeah. on big money, Draymond got his big contract. So I don't know how they would make that happen with just the number two pick. They'd still have to attach yeah, a lot it, of it, stuff. It, I there, guess there, are, there are ways to do it. They have a huge trade exception too, but then I don't think uh, you can start right. adding to that. Yeah, it yeah. gets complicated. I think it can be done, but no, you're right. And I, yeah. I see. I think. I, I would think to the the that the future pick that they also own from the Wolves is very enticing if you're the Pelicans. Yeah, the Wolves yeah. always disappoint. So. I mean, the way the way I'm <laughs> what I'm seeing now, the Warriors are already well over the cap. So, yeah. um, you know, unless they give up Andrew Wiggins, that's the only play they would give mm-hmm. up. Then I can't see it happening anyway. But but the theory of Drew Holiday on that team that would be great for him and it'd be great for the Warriors. But again, seeing it come together is difficult. Drew's going to be on all 30 teams before, <laughs> yeah. before it's all said and done. But, but as you said, Skeets, he is, he's an incredible team guy. He doesn't need to be a, a number one option. Doesn't really need to be a number two option, I don't think. No. Uh, but the perfect role would be uh, moving off the ball a little bit. That's when he had his most success with Rondo in the backcourt with him, uh, along with, you know, AD up front. And he was more of a, you know, I'll, I'll, when I get the ball, I'm going to score. I'm going to do something with it. He can work with uh, any backcourt, I think and then be an incredible defender uh, on the other end and be an incredible locker room guy. So there's no worries uh, on that front. But uh, a lot of options here. Jeez. A lot of teams would want him. You know the Clippers. They've talked about wanting like a real point guard. He'd be awesome. Can you make that happen? I'm sure the Lakers would love him. The Raptors, there's like some rumors of like a sign-in trade with Van Vliet. You know, would the Pelicans be interested in that? Um, You know, other teams like... uh, who the heck am I forgetting there? Well, the Knicks, uh, Knicks don't have anything. They're not trading from. They want them, I'm sure. Did you, not did, have we from. said the Bucks? There's been a lot of. Teams. Oh, the Bucks. Excuse me. Oh, the Heat was the one I was trying to think of too. Like, oh, that's hot. That was it, hot. That's yeah, hot man. Driver. So he's gonna be somewhere. It's uh, again, this is good. This is good for Griff. If you've got a guy that everybody wants, uh, then you're like, all right, well, that's a decent package. But I think I can get something better over here. So we'll, yeah, we'll and he can take there. his time too, right? He yeah. can go into the season. It doesn't seem like Drew Holiday is. Wanting to leave, maybe he would be okay with a trade, but you could go into the season, see how he looks playing alongside Brandon Ingram and Zion for an actual NBA yeah. season. Uh, maybe make a run at the playoffs, or maybe not. Maybe the offers get a little bit better whenever the trade deadline comes around. Who knows when that's going to be this coming season, but there's no rush. And, I mean, if the, the biggest names you're looking at are Will Barton, Gary Harris, maybe MPJ, Karis LeVert, Perhaps it's yeah. better to wait a little bit and just start extracting some picks and really go for a youth movement. Who knows? Yeah. David Griffin has some options because it's also going to be every single team in the NBA is trying to win this year because you don't want to be the team that is tanking when there are no fans in the stands. Why would anybody ever watch your team if hmm. you're not trying to win games? So all these teams are going to be trying to win. Getting Drew Holiday will help a lot of teams win. There's a lot of options out there. David Griffin, he's going to be busy. Busy, busy, busy. All right, next one here, guys. Gordon Hayward. He's owed $34 million next season if he opts into the final season or final year of his contract with the Celtics. But there are reports that he may test the free agent waters here instead. Ryan Rosillo on the Bill Simmons podcast said, quote, I've heard Hayward does want out, but I don't know if he's going to get the money. He's not opting out of that large number unless he knows he's getting the deal. End quote. Again, that's Rosillo there. My question, will slash should Gordon Hayward opt out, Lily? What do you think? This is a really fascinating situation because we kind of talked a little bit about it the other day. He's a very good player, but he carries now a little bit of an uh, injury-prone history. We obviously know the ankle and then down in the bubble there, he missed some time. He's a very good player. Um, 
But what is his value? And where, which team would he be best suited for? Now, I did fire up the trade machine last night. I know he can opt out and become a free agent, but I really just wanted to see which teams have cap space, right? Because I think if he does opt out, if someone says we'll give you four years and $100 million, $25 million a year, I think he takes that if he wow, can get that. Yeah. So, so which team has got that sort of space? Now, the Hawks do, the Knicks, the Pistons, you know, the Kings apparently, according to what I'm seeing here, do as well. I'm not quite sure if that's accurate, but... So there are a few teams that have it, but would he want to go to one of those teams that's nowhere near competing for a championship? Because he he's obviously at the stage of his career where he needs to compete if he wants to win a championship, and it's simply not going to happen on one of those teams in the next two or three seasons. So I ultimately think he probably opts in and stays in Boston because that's his best chance at winning a championship. I mean, they were close in the bubble, and I think they'll be close again next season if they keep their core together. But I don't see a long-term future in Boston simply because... You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are getting paid their big contracts, and Kemba is as well. And I just don't think Danny Ainge is going to want to invest this time next year or whenever, you know, whenever next year is, a big long-term contract in, uh, to Gordon Hayward as well. So right. I think he ultimately stays one more season in Boston and tests free agency next year when, you know, again, he's, he's totally free. I mean, he's free now because he can opt out, of course, but... I think next year when things change and maybe another team that is closer to competing than what one of those teams I mentioned earlier, Knicks, Pistons, Hawks, etc., perhaps has some uh, availability and some cap space next season. So I think that's where he's probably ultimately going to stay one more year in Boston while it's his choice and then uh, reevaluate it next season. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics, you said it there. Kemba Walker, huge contract. I mean, he's still $34 million plus, I think, for three seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jalen Brown, big extension. You know, that kicks in now starting at $21 million, which is actually pretty good. Jason Tatum coming up here. Uh, He's going to be a max. So, yeah, uh, Hayward will not be there, I think, for the long haul. But it's whether or not he looks at this really weird year where you're going to be getting a fraction of really your salary, right? Uh, because of money being held back, does he go, okay, well, I'll take, you know, I would be getting significantly less of this $34 million contract for one year, or do I sign, like you said, like 400? I don't think that's in play, but what 370, I think, you know, I saw low kicking around, something like that. Do I just take the long-term money and then maybe make more on it when we get back to normal? So I, I'm torn on this one. Trey, do you have an opinion on... Really, what Gordon Hayward and his team should do? Yeah, I've got an opinion. If somebody's going to pay you $34 million, you take it, and then you sure. worry about the money on the other side as well. Because Gordon Hayward, yeah, he got hurt uh, bubble time, but he actually had a good season, 17 yep. and a half points a game, seven rebounds, four assists. He shot 50% from the field, 38% from three. Somebody's still going to give him a contract after next season, no doubt about it. Maybe not $100 million, but I would imagine uh, summer 2020, 2021, right? Oh, man, this is weird to think of already. Especially that the name of the season is 2020, 2021. Oh, my goodness. This is blowing my mind. I've been thinking about numbers for like 96 hours straight. Oh, this is tough. You're our Steve Kornacki, man. I think if I was Steve Kornacki, I would get every single bit of math wrong on there. People would be like, look at this guy. He's amazing. He's wrong every time. He's killing it out there. But, um... I do think uh, Hayward should take the 34 mil and then try and negotiate a contract the next season because $34 million is a lot of money. There's no chance he's getting a deal that big uh, over the course of a season Mm. coming again. But he's still going to be able to – he still had a major role for the Celtics this past season. He still is integral to their success. He's still got the relationship with Brad Stevens as well. And I think he'll still – even if um, 21, summer 21 – 
three for 75 million. That's the same as signing four for 100 uh, this year, but you get an extra 9 million from the 34 over 25. There are options. Or Nike, baby. That's right. I nailed it. I nailed it. Wait, let me close my porn hub here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, got, yeah, I, got I mean, if 34 million's on the table, take it, bud. He just had another kid. This guy has kids every year. He needs to take every bit of money he can. Okay. I got tricked by the Pornhub, but I love it. I'm leaving it up, man. I thought it was hilarious. It was the first thing I saw this morning. And I thought, oh, my God. The way John King just sort of flicks it off, too. It was perfect. <laughs> How he looks over, too. It's very funny. Uh, Taz, what do you think just here on Hayward? I don't think Gordon Hayward likes to move. That's uh, an assumption I'm I'm just guessing. Of. He, had his, he just had his fourth baby. He loves playing video games. I think he's a homebody. Mm. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think um, it is an interesting conundrum for him. Right now, it's a weak free agents class. Does he want to jump in now rather than next year when there's some big names out there and right. he will not be uh, the pick of the litter? He'll be you know, sort of a probably a B-tier B free agent when Giannis can come up. Uh, actually, Braun can come up, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, depending what happens now. Um, but uh, I think he does wait it out one more year um, because you weigh all the, the factors, uh, the, the extra money he's probably going to earn just being around uh, the Celtics for one more year, having baby number four. Uh, maybe Robin doesn't want him to move. Maybe he wants to just settle in here for another six months and, and get a full season with uh, the Celtics and try and give it one more whirl. I mean, he was a, a jazz lifer, it seemed, for a long time. He goes and signs this big deal with the Celtics. I think he wants to give it uh, one more chance and then see where it goes uh, from there. And then, yeah, next year is is a it's a whole different game for the Celtics, for sure, when they've got all these names. It sure doesn't feel like um, Gordon Hayward is part of their future. And then the other side is maybe Gordon Hayward thinks, uh, or, or other teams, let's say there's the Hawks rumor out there that uh, let's take a chance on him to be our sort of our wing. Maybe Gordon Hayward says, well, listen, maybe I'm a year older next year and maybe teams won't want me the same way that they do now uh, after having a really good season. So uh, a lot of factors there, but I think he sticks. All right. We got a couple more NBA rumors still to address, but first a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's stick with uh, Rosillo for a second. He gave the Bog Boys more clicks on Billy's podcast this week after saying that Devin Booker wanting to leave the Suns is, quote, the worst kept secret in the league. Okay, that's Rosillo. Yes, all this despite signing a five-year, $158 million extension with Phoenix in 2018, as well as leading the young team to an 8-0 record in the bubble restart. Book's future, according to Rosillo, with the franchise is reportedly in doubt. So I'm going to ask it like this. Are you buying Ryan's report? 
Or did he just unfortunately get aggregated hard here? Trey, what do you think? Well, I kind of agree because, you know, October 2019, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell did a Slam Magazine cover together where they all said, we're going to play together at some point. So, yeah, I don't know if this is being aggregated. I didn't actually see this going around at all. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, this has been in the mix for a long time. That being said, there's absolutely no reason for the Suns to be trading Devin Booker. They just had their best success of Devin Booker's career going 8-0 in the bubble. That's lucky. They're probably still going to be on the outside of the playoff picture, but who knows what the NBA decides to do this season. I think it's reasonable that Phoenix could be in the mix for a ninth or 10th seed, right? And in that case, maybe you're in a play-in tournament. We've yet to see what it's going to be. But I don't think Devin Booker is going to finish this contract in Phoenix. He just, I just don't think the team is going to improve to the point where they're a contender. And he's already pretty far into his career, having suffered a lot of defeats on the Suns. So eventually he's going to want to look around somewhere. He's probably going to want to play with these guys who are a couple of his best friends. But it's the first year of his contract he just finished. So from a timing standpoint, there's no reason for the Suns to trade him. This is the first improvement they've shown since he's been there. So there's no reason I feel like to trade Booker from a free Booker standpoint. This guy needs more help. He's got the most help he's ever had. And Phoenix, like I said, probably not going to make the normal playoffs this year. But they will theoretically at least show some improvement. Uh, We've said that about the Suns in the past, and it hasn't played out. But I don't think the Suns are motivated at all to move Devin Booker. They're building around him right now. But I think in the future, Devin Booker is going to be that guy to lead because we're already seeing it everywhere. We had Draymond on TNT when the Suns were playing their best basketball in five seasons saying, we need to get Devin Booker out of here. We've got uh, this guy, Russillo, saying that he he thinks that Devin Booker is going to leave as well. People are just going to be working on getting Devin Booker out of Phoenix is the fact of the matter. And we're going to he's going to be the guy that we hear about, like we hear about Bradley Beal right now, right, where he's in every single trade rumor and he's in every single is this guy happy rumor, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I do think um, Devin Booker is not going to be a Phoenix lifer, no doubt about that. But I think he's going to be there for at least the next couple seasons. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad you brought up the Beal example. I, I would throw Towns in the mix. Really? When you're on a crap team and you're a star player, um, there's always going to be like, get him out of there, save him. He, you know, he's just wasting away for this crap franchise that can't get their shit together and actually get talent around him. So that's why this weird, truncated 72-game season, uh, knock on wood, that it happens and everyone's healthy, very important, I think, for Phoenix. Uh, and very important for, like, Minnesota with Towns. Same thing. Like, And, and also Beal with the Wizards. Like, you got to see some wins. You got to see some W's or this will never go away. And and you know, that smoke will then heck, you know, turn into the fire and then they're ultimately like demanding to be traded. So I, I mean, who knows if Rosilla knows something we don't. You know, he's fairly plugged in with some of the GMs and higher ups there in the league. So yeah, maybe maybe Booker behind the scenes is like I don't want to be here like but I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm with you, Trey, this coming season, uh, at the very least, and, and probably a couple years. But a big part of it, I mean, if they're a 19-win team again, oh, man, then he ain't going to want to keep doing that. That's for damn sure. I mean, these guys do want to win games, get into the playoffs, have moments. He had his moment in the bubble. He had a game winner and was like, oh, Devin Booker. I mean, I love him. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. Well, he wants to do that in actual playoff series, uh, I'm sure. So I'm with you. He'll be there for a couple years. But may- maybe there's something to it. Lee, what's your take? That bubble was the best stretch of his career, I think, as a, as a professional, because he stood up in the challenge and really led his team, and they went 8-0, and it was like maybe the Suns can sneak in. But that's 
actually just such a bad reflection on just how bad his career has been in Phoenix. Now, he's been good, and he's put up numbers. He was an all-star this season, but the Suns, their 34 wins they had this season, and eight of those were in the bubble, was the most he's ever won. He hasn't even won 30 in his uh, five seasons or you know four seasons prior to this one before that. So I understand he's frustrated. He wants out, but this is a problem. His, his contract's too big that the Suns aren't like, well, we're going to lose this guy if we, if we don't do something soon. And he's good, but he's not quite that level yet where it's like, oh, my God, Devin Booker, you know, like he's a superstar. Like he's, he's you know, he can force his way out. He can't do that just yet. If he has a very, very strong season this season and the Suns get a little bit closer, then it gives him a little bit more uh, power in that sense. But um, he's just not quite at that level yet. He's, you know, he needs to really go out there and put up a season where it's like maybe Devin Booker's like, can finish top five in the MVP voting or something mm-hmm. like that to really show like, hey, I'm a game changer. I'm a franchise changer. Get me on a team that can uh, I can really highlight my talents. But if or just get a- me help, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's the other thing. But that's also Phoenix. Like Phoenix has done a terrible job in yeah. the last. Th- this seems 10 years eerily or... similar. It could be. I hope it's not because I am a Suns fan, Booker fan. Could be to Cousins and the Kings. Yeah. Never win 30 games. We know he's good. Uh, he's, he wants help. They keep blowing it with whatever their signings and not and flameouts and stuff like that. But then is he quite good enough to get a team over 30 wins? Like, yeah. what's wrong there? You don't. There could be that situation with Booker. Also, I, I'm hopeful there won't be, though. He's also had five coaches in his five seasons, right. there, which, is, which is, you know, I mean, that that's awful for a player, a young player's development, where yeah. you've just got so many different voices coming in with so many different game plans. So we know he can shoot. We know he's a good scorer. His defense needs to improve, but uh, he, he he stepped up in the bubble. I, I like that. I like that leadership that he showed, but again, it's eight games. How much do is... you buy the Suns in the bubble? Because you go back and you look at the box scores, it's like they beat the Heat, but they didn't yeah. have Jimmy Butler. They beat yeah. the Sixers, they yeah. didn't have Embiid or Simmons. They beat the Mavericks, no Porzingis. The bubble was different. The bubble's different, no doubt about it. And the Suns caught a few lucky breaks, it seems like, and still they finished with 34 wins. Yeah, I'm buying it. I'm buying that they're jumping into next season hat, um, primarily because DeAndre Ayton, I think, is a, a monstrous factor for them. He had this huge suspension last year, and he came back a different player to me. He actually was playing defense. Uh, he is a, a huge, a huge presence offensively, just being in the lane if he's going to be athletic. And I think he fights back next year uh especially because uh, he had this suspension last year. I, I, I think uh, the barometer really for the Suns is how high can uh, DeAndre Ayton take them. There are some very good pieces in Mikel Bridges, uh, and, and Sarge found his role, and I'm a Cameron Payne man. Kelly um, Oubre Jr. Kelly Oubre Jr., sure, before he got injured, wasn't yep. even part of the bubble. But um, DeAndre Ayton, I think, is, is a key factor now. It, it, you can see... If you put on your binoculars here, they start December 23rd. They're playing in an empty Phoenix arena, and things just ain't the same. They go back to sort of being that old Phoenix team. Um, But I think they are one of the teams that can benefit from ending their season right in August there and not being able to go into the playoffs. But this is just a perfect amount of time off for them. (laughs) And they have the exact same team. It feels like going into this team, if, if I'm correct about that Ricky Rubio leading from the point I think they could not uh, not make themselves a, a contender I'm not I'm not going crazy here but I think they should be in that playoff picture uh, to start the season for a little bit and uh, they go from there but uh, I'm buying it I'm buying that they're going to be 
good. Now let's not go crazy and say great, but they'll be they'll be fighting, they'll be in the ring, and they'll be scrapping uh, for for at least a month, two, three, whatever it is. All right, final one here, guys. Chris Paul he continues to be a hot name here on the NBA trade market uh, due to his contract status and probably the direction that OKC is going to go. There's been talk that the Bucks would like to add Chris Paul to their roster, but there are also reports that CP3 prefers his next basketball home to be in New York or Los Angeles. Um, and it sounds also like the Thunder are going to let him have a say maybe in this destination. At first, at least. Hey, man, where do you want to go? Let's see if we can put together a deal. Where's Chris Paul ultimately playing next season, Lily? We don't think it's going to be for the Thunder. What's your best guess? So I did fire up the trade machine last night. <laughs> man, oh, man, this, this guy. You, you, yeah. You're the Kornacki now. Yeah, well, well. So let's let's sort of go through here what this uh, what this says here that he's next. Um, he would rather play in New York or Los Angeles. Well, let's sure. start in Los Angeles because he's owed basically eighty five million over the next two years. Um, I don't see how he can get to the Lakers, and that's where I think he would prefer to go to go and play with LeBron and Anthony Davis because he knows then he's virtually that's his clearest path to a championship is to go there. So. There's just no way they can make a trade knowing that they don't really have the assets uh, in terms of future draft picks and things like that. And certainly the salary just doesn't work unless unless you were to maybe sign and trade KCP and give him like <laughs> $35 million in a one-year deal, you know, which just wouldn't happen. Then you look at the Clippers and they're in a similar situation. Now, I don't think he would have a problem going back to the Clippers because it's so much has changed since when he was last there. No, no Lob City, there's no Doc Rivers and all that. But they're the same sort of problem there as the uh, as the Lakers. I don't know how they can make a trade work based on what Chris Paul has. Uh, and they don't have any assets either because they gave them already to OKC. So right. that's not going to work. Uh, then you go to like the Brooklyn Nets, let's say, because that's New York. Now, same sort of situation. Like what are the Nets going to give to the Thunder that, that they can make this trade work? It just doesn't. They just don't really seem to have the assets or the salaries that they can throw back there. And then the last option is the New York Knicks. And again, if you're your favorite Knicks, team, yeah, I mean, if you're the Knicks, you're giving up, you know, Julius Randle uh, and somebody else there just to try to make the deal work. And then Chris Paul's going to a team where he's probably going to win 15 games. So, you know, is it more important that he's in New York on a team that's got no chance or does he want to go to L.A. and try to be on a team that's got a chance? But how are they going to make that deal happen now? I don't think he can basically give back his salary, any of his salary to make a deal work like that. So that's not going to happen. And then you look at some of those other teams, as I mentioned before, that has a cap space. Someone like the Atlanta Hawks, you know, they can absorb cap uh, money. They can absorb money because they have so much cap space. But what he's not going to come here and play with Trey Young. At this stage, Trey Young is not like Shea Gilgis-Alexander where, like, Trey's an all-star already, you know, so he doesn't want to sort of go play behind Chris Paul or, or anything like that. So I'm finding it very, very difficult to see where Chris Paul can go. I think he's going to stay in OKC because uh, his what? contract is just too big. Like, which team is going to give up enough assets for Chris Paul? The Milwaukee Bucks, uh, that's not going to happen if they have to give up Middleton. I don't think that's going to happen. So, Well, you can I, do it without Middleton. I mean. Yeah, but again, if you're, if you're um, Sam Presti, he's not just going to do you a favor either. He's going to want something tangible in return because that's how he operates. He's, he'll take some more draft picks, sure. But yeah, I just find, I'm just, like I say, I fired up the trade machine and I realize why I hate it because it's just like, it, it's <laughs> you you put in like all these different combinations to make it up. And it's like, well, the, the team's just not going to give up four players to make that, uh, to make that deal work. So uh, I, I sort of see him being stuck in OKC unless, unless somehow... Again, his contract is just gigantic. 
Yeah. And how, he, how, how he's are you not giving any work? money back either. He's, Ex- uh, and that's what I mean. So, <laughs> so unless that maybe there's a three team somehow. Yeah. But but again, that's that. I'm not going three teams in the trade machine. <laughs> I'm keeping it at two. That's max. <laughs> I'll do. <laughs> But there's clearly, no way to do it. But clearly, clearly teams, but the, team I, the team I think he would want to go to is the Lakers. That's There's no question in my mind. Right. That's He wants to go to Los Angeles, play with LeBron, and compete for a championship. Right. Great. Make it happen. It's not going to happen unless, again, you know, Danny Green, a massive sign and trade with KCP. Otherwise, uh, I don't see how it works. But I know there's uh, different ways you can work that yeah. um, a trade. But all right, so you think he's gonna be in OKC I, in simply December because 22nd. I don't see I just I just don't see how he's gonna go to a, a, another team right now. All right, Tass, what do you think? I think this is the year that the Bucks have to impress Giannis Antetokounmpo, and uh, Chris Paul is impressive to me. Uh, I know that they. Um, don't necessarily want to break up the core of Chris Middleton and Giannis, but I could see Chris Middleton and the Suns pick uh, coming up in, in 2021, which is unprotected. Uh, the Bucks have. Uh, I think that's juicy enough, and uh, I think on both sides, it could be done. I think the you know I'm, I didn't fire up the trade machine on this one, but uh, I think the Bucks have to make a deal, and I think that there has to be some work there. They can't just go into the playoffs with the exact same team. There has to be a major part of their starting five different next season, and they have to get something done. And Chris Paul, uh, I, I think, you know, there's there's got to be some willing willingness from their front office to give up something good, and they have the Suns pick. That's a great pick. Uh, they also have the Celtics pick, not so good. They have their own picks uh, coming up. Um, I think there could be something done there. I know they don't have a lot of juicy assets uh, beyond, uh, you know, their their top guys. Uh, if you're, I don't know if you're a huge Dante DiVincenzo guy, but they don't have a lot of young players up in the uh, uh, in the cupboards to really make it work. But picks could make it work, I think, for OKC along with a good player. Trey, do you think Chris Paul is playing for the Thunder when we tip off here around Christmas? I would doubt it. It's hard to find a trade, though. Lee's right. I mean, that massive contract is the tough thing because you just think uh, you're seeing it in the stream team as well. It feels like Chris Paul is going to somehow end up on the Lakers with LeBron trying <laughs> right. to win a championship. But the the numbers are crazy. Like the, the 40 million that he's owed is really tough to match. But we also did see the Lakers give KCP massive contracts for two seasons before they signed LeBron so that they could sign LeBron. Maybe they're happy paying him 35 mil so they could bring in one of LeBron's best buds and Chris Paul. But how's a, here's another one for you if you want to get Chris Paul to Los Angeles. Who says no? Chris Paul for Paul George. It's a Paul for Paul. Oh, <laughs> Paul for Paul. Yeah, you remember when Paul George re-signed with the Thunder, he said he had unfinished business there, then he forced a trade a year later. So I imagine the unfinished business still remains in OKC. Mm. Mm. I mean, again, in theory, I think as a uh, point guard for the Clippers, great. I think I think that is actually what they need. That's what yeah. Kawhi needs. But, uh, yeah, I can't see Paul George going back to the Thunder. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have the choice, though. That's the thing. He would well, not have yeah. the choice. He would be yeah. put in a trade. He, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Be if, so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Chris Paul for Middleton works from a salary standpoint, and then you got to do yes. all the draft picks and that kind of yeah. stuff. There are ways to move him around because there are some big contracts out there, but it's going to take a huge piece to do it. Yeah, that, I, I that, just don't see the Bucks. Trading Middleton. I know that's fascinating that's... to me because I'm, 
he, he's a damn good player, but I, I mean, I guess you're like, well, can he get it done in the playoffs? Can we win playoff series with Chris Middleton as our second guy? I mean, that's the hang-up. I get that, but... Man, trading him, a deal he just signed. He's obviously yeah. fairly young. He plays defense. He's obviously a sharpshooter. For Chris Paul, an old Chris Paul, who's still got it, as you've proven, but uh, I don't I don't think the Bucks do that. I think they try, yeah, get a third team involved or really talk up, you know, Bledsoe and DiVincenzo and DJ Wilson, whatever, all, whatever young, and you're right, Tass, it's not – all that sexy of young prospects there try that first and picks and uh, to bring him in as your third guy because then it's a, then then you're like wow Giannis Chris Milton Chris Paul okay in the east yeah that's that should be a finals team I mean it really should if everybody's healthy so we will see what they do rumors love them love them fire even lee ellis is firing up the trade machine though he won't put a third team in man of principle uh it's just it's just gets a little bit too uh too heavy for me there but you know i've just been on the on i've had the laptop open now for you know trey said like 96 hours to do a math on the same you just like yeah. refresh 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 nevada they're on vacation i think aren't they they're supposed to be counting votes it's like so you've got so much time and i'm like all right i'm gonna try the trade machine and see if i can make it work it's like no nah, trade failed trade i just failed, love the idea failed. of like you adding a third team and like you blacking out because your mind can't handle <laughs> well the kcp thing you know because he is a uh, free agent so you can't even put him in a deal on the trade machine right now because you don't know what his contract is well yeah right 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 you got to do some math so yourself. that's yeah, yeah so that's where i was like well a sign and trade would work but again if you're the thunder and you're like oh we got kcp for 35 million for one season like <laughs> he's off the books the next year yeah yeah i mean you know yeah then they are looking to rebuild by the sounds of it but uh but you're still paying kcp 35 million which is just absurd it's an nba champion that's true. That is true. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let's, oh, KCP, come on, yeah. it works perfectly. Let's uh, <laughs> let's call it there with the rumors. But before we go, this is the first Friday of the new month, so it's five star Friday time. Yeah, talk to me, Trey Kirby. Let's get those five star reviews. Yeah, buddy, it's five star Friday, the first Friday of every month. I'll read five five star reviews from Apple Podcasts because those reviews are super important for the rankings, and we want to be number one in the polls. We're number two right now, but we're trying to get up to number one. We need some more of your reviews. If you remember the last time we did this, it was a long time ago. We had a review that was worthy of kid slang with all of these cool slang terms that kids are using these days. It was allegedly from Real Deal Neil, a longtime Tweet of the Week Army member. But like I said, uh, during October, there was some controversy because apparently this Real Deal Neil wasn't even the Real Real Deal Neil. (laughs) But now we've got a review from the Real Real Deal Neil. This one's from the Real Real Deal Neil. This podcast is such a strange yet captivating universe unto itself that it apparently inspires its listeners to impersonate Twitter handles from deep within the show's lore. Check the spelling, guys. Real Deal Neil is an imposter. Now I'm here having to unsully my good name by writing a five-star review without all of the cringy slang. Thanks for making me the absolute lowest level of internet famous. Five stars. Thank you, Real Real Deal Neil. But it doesn't stop there, guys. 
Because the next review I'm gonna read. Oh, the imposter oh, is yeah. in the aisle. Did holder from the other real deal Neil who says from one Neil to another Neil. I also keep it real. I am very real. Five stars. <laughs> oh, this is like trying God. to figure out 2020, 2021. It's yeah. confusing oh, in the meals. Very funny stuff. Uh, but you know the the fake real deal Neil did inspire yet another review. God. Coming from Saucy Stanley, who says that no dunks <laughs> is worthy of farm slang. Insert twangy timber. Gladly. As far as I'm concerned, these fellers take the cake. Sometimes in life, you gotta grab the bull by the horns, and that's exactly what these dinkers do. <laughs> this here bunch knows it's rough and tough going out there in that pod world, and after all they've been through, I bet my last Jenny they don't take nothing for granted. Make hay while the sun shines, boys. I tell you right now, though... Don't put all them eggs in one basket. Y'all need to sow your seed a country mile wide and give us a podcast dedicated entirely <laughs> to matters of the land. I'm talking compost, greens and browns, killing bugs, foods a man can keep in his pocket, kombuchas and bananas, and all them <laughs> other things that simply remind us all to treat our bodies like a got dang temple. Because you only got one, and that's the hard facts. Lee, I know you know as much, but these other boys better buck up or pay the piper. Anywho, I reckon this is the best show this side of the Mason-Dixon, and you can bet the farm on that. Five stars. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a review. What a review. Saucy. So saucy. Yeah, here's a quick one. This one is five stars. Tall man. Trent Kirby's the man. He's 6'4". He sounds like he's 5'7". <laughs> Honestly, I love a good insult. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, and yeah, yeah. If you were picking voices, you would probably think that Tass's voice matches me. Right. But not the case. Uh, there's a long line of tall men in my family who have very high voices. <laughs> I'm just the latest. Just the latest to carry on the tradition. I remember uh, way back in the day, there used to be like a couple listeners, especially pre-video, that thought Tass was like 400 pounds, I remember. You remember that Tass? Like, we had a couple oh, yeah. people were like, your voice, I just pictured a big dude. And you're like, oh, you're normal. What's going on there? It's crazy. Somebody yeah. needs, needs to do a mashup, like Trey's feet from one's voice. I don't know. <laughs> a beard, put, yeah. Put it together. Yeah. A saucy Stanley. I don't know. <laughs> All right, our last review, this one, uh, five stars. An amazing group of scholars in a task voice. I, obviously, oh. I can't do a task wow. voice. This is Caleb from West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, No Dunks crew. If this finally gets read on a pod, it'll be my greatest accomplishment in life up to this point. Mm. Checkmark. First, I want to say thank you for everything you provide, whether it's your content or just a consistent laugh to get me through the day. As a Cavs fan in Southern West Virginia, I never thought I'd have a group of friends consisting of an Australian, three Canadians, and a Bulls fan. Sorry, Trey. But anyway, I hope my poem I threw together gets a laugh or two out of the crew. Here we go. Whoa, my goodness. We got ourselves a poem. What can I say? This group is like no other. When they're together, they're like bread and butter. Whether it's No Dunks, the starters, or the basketball Jones you see, this podcast is made for everybody. This poem may be trash, yes, but just wait and see. <laughs> when you hear Trey's laugh, you might just pee. There's the Lee P, of course, that always needs to be mentioned. You better not make rules, though, because he'll be pinching him. 
That was a stretch. What? <laughs> <laughs> My mate's always pinching the rules. <laughs> Let's not forget about Skeets, though. He's the host and quite trendy, but don't you dare mention effing Mike Bibby. And there's Tass. Browns and greens may fill up his dreams, but his words of wisdom always hit me right in the seam. <laughs> what? Oh, no. What? Another reach, I know, but forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, there's JD, the man of mystery. He's the guy behind the scenes, and without him, they'd all be screwed. That just that doesn't, doesn't rhyme, at, rhyme all. at all. It's he factually accurate, but <laughs> does not rhyme. Anyways, love the pod as a new teacher. You've given me hours of enjoyment and help with a lot of stress and depression throughout this whole quarantine. Keep up the great work. Turned up. Lovely guys. Saw some. Five stars. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, not the greatest poem I've ever heard, <laughs> but uh, respect. Respect for uh, giving us the five-star review there and putting in the work. I mean, that took some work there, but there was not a lot of rhyming. Uh-uh. <laughs> but I like in a poem, someone mid-poem say, okay, that was bad. My bad. Okay, that was horrible. He could have fooled me with uh, Australian slang there, pinching the rules, like not not abiding by the rules. That kind of yeah. sounds Australian. Yeah, yeah uh, I've never heard it, actually. No, no it doesn't. But shoehorn it in there, it's fine. John Schuhan Hornet in there. <laughs> All right, Five Star Frey, great stuff. Great keep, reviews, great keep, reviews. Keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming, uh, especially if you do listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes there. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review, and you might just make the next Five Star Friday. I really love that. Real, real deal, Neil, versus the real deal, Neil, versus the fake deal, Neil. Man, this is <laughs> crazy stuff. All right, let's call it there. That's it for your boys this week. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show, telling your friends about the show, and leaving reviews and tweeting in. Keep your emails coming, nodunksattheathletic.com, or you can tweet them in if you want, at nodunksinc. Uh, no podcast this weekend, but, 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 got a few NBA draft podcasts coming up next week. Uh, one specifically deep dive on LaMelo Ball. Is he worth the number one pick? Well, we're going to talk to somebody that watched him play down in Australia. Lee, you know this guy? I do know Liam okay. Santamaria, yeah. Excellent. Well, we're going to get the uh, the goods on LaMelo Ball because I'm, I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm out on LaMelo Ball. I do not see it. I watched all the tapes. I just don't see it. What am I missing, though? So that will be a special podcast. We'll drop that on Monday. And then we've got another podcast later in the week talking mock drafts, right? I mean, we're going to talk to the experts. I believe John Hollinger is going to join us again. We'll go over his mock draft, ask him the questions, because we're dummies when it comes to these college kids. Who's good? Who's taking who? Are they going to be trading these things? So we'll get Hollinger's opinion on that. And uh, what else am I forgetting? Oh, my goodness. We locked up a little one-on-one podcast. I don't know how many will be on it. might be a three-on-one, four-on-one for all I know. But Jason Concepcion, Network. One of the funniest guys on Twitter is going to join us for a special podcast, asking him what's going on. I'm sure we'll get his uh, thoughts on the election, his Knicks. You and uh, <laughs> Lee, you and uh, Jason can talk about your Knicks moving yeah. forward. Knicks fans. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. that should be fun. So, uh, yeah, we got some fun podcasts lined up next week. And, again, you never know when we'll drop a beach step in, so get those uh, emails in, your questions, and your comments. All right, let's call it there. Everybody's riding high. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, just got to correct myself here at the end of our podcast because I said the Bucks own the Suns draft pick. I can never read pro sports transactions right. They, they have all the draft picks listed, but I can never read it right. I'm not good at reading tables. I'm not a Steve Kornacki. So the Bucks do not own the Suns draft pick and our podcast uh, 
All I gotta say is, shit. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.